0: You're listening to Weather Hype, a podcast where we talk about weather, climate, and how it affects you. I'm Min. And I'm Castle.
1: And it's been a while since we've had a podcast episode, and we wanted to certainly talk about some of the past storms that we've had in the Atlantic, including Hurricane Irma. We're going to have some personal narratives coming from that storm and talk about local perspectives, especially from Georgia and from my family, which was affected by uh, the storm Irma.
0: Uh, We're also going to be breaking down some of the news headlines that are associated with Hurricane Maria and talk about some of the preparation and aftermath that is currently going on.
1: Again, it's been a while, so I feel like we should probably talk about our personal lives a little bit. And so talking about our jobs, different places that we've been going to and diving into all those fun fun things
0: and last but not least we'll have our songs of the week because i don't think we've had those in one or two episodes um so we will catch up on the latest music and we'll have to see what's in store
1: weather hypes coming your way next Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into spring I was born out of storm.
0: When I get gone, I get gone hey. And I don't need anyone
1: to know better Hey, Castle. It's been a while Hi. since we've actually caught up, even though I guess we did talk on the phone for a while, a few days ago. Um, but actually catching up on a podcast, it's been a long time, right?
0: Yeah, we haven't recorded our lives for everyone to listen to in a while.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's been pretty busy. I know you went to yes. the NWA meeting in California, right? I did, yes. And so and you've been really busy with um, school and with... Um, doing that kind of stuff, and then I've been busy with closing out my internship at Fire Island, so um, it's been a hectic time, and we'll give you more information about all those fun things, but we really wanted to talk about the hurricanes and the hurricane season we've had in the Atlantic Basin this year, and how crazy it's been, but Mm -hmm. um, really diving into Irma and Maria. We talked about Harvey last time, and so... Um, I think talking about Irma, even though it happened a little while ago, there's still some really interesting stories to be told about Hurricane Irma, especially from um, the local perspective from my family and from those in Georgia. The same areas that were actually affected during Hurricane Matthew and breaking it down and seeing what has improved, what has not improved since Hurricane Matthew and kind of comparing the uh, different conditions that we're faced in the aftermath that was left behind after Irma this year compared to 2016 storm or 20. Uh, yeah, 2016 storm last year,
0: except Irma also went further inland. And so we'll kind of break down those things. I saw a lot of heavy, heavy winds and quick winds and a lot of power outages. Um, so we'll also get that inland perspective from me here in Athens.
1: Yay. so do people describe it as heavy wind i never yeah I I, like you...
0: that was a, a mess <laughs> up i was trying to just go with it thanks <laughs> sorry what would you say a not uh, a brisk a wind. strong wind strong 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 wind
1: gusty winds yeah.
0: extreme wind
1: heavy winds excessive extreme. wind <laughs> hey it, it was pretty excessive um so I guess I'll start off with Hurricane Irma and the impacts that it had on the Georgia coast with my family and friends who live there. Um, Hurricane Irma kind of moved along the western coast of Florida where it made landfall in the Keys and then off of the uh, on the western side of uh, the Sunshine State. And even though it was so far away, the center of the storm I think was around 200 miles away from uh, Savannah and the coast of Georgia, it actually made a lot of impact. And Comparing it with Hurricane Matthew, it was more of a wind event for Matthew, downing trees and power lines everywhere. But for Hurricane Irma, it was more of a storm surge issue that really impacted the people along the coast. And so when people in my neighborhood were asking on their Facebook page that we have for our our neighborhood, they were saying, Should we leave? Should we not? And then they were also comparing. What happened with Matthew to potentially what was going to happen with Irma to decide whether they are going to leave or not. And, you know, people were asking for my opinion. And I said, well, you know, winds will be probably just as bad. But luckily, Matthew took out any of the weaker trees and tree limbs. So when Irma came through with the wind, it didn't knock as many trees down. And the wind was a little bit less in reality. Um, With the storm surge, I was expecting it to be roughly the same with water coming up the yards and from the marsh. But it was actually a little bit worse than I had expected it to be. And so there are houses in my neighborhood where we're about, I don't know, maybe 10 miles away from the Atlantic Ocean, but we're along adjacent to a marsh and adjacent to the Ogeechee River, which is a pretty large river that runs through the area. And the water came up the river and then spread out along the marshes and flooded our neighborhood. So... Uh, we'll post some pictures on our website, but there are some places in my neighborhood where one of my neighbors had three feet of water and their downstairs level and everything has to be gutted. Um, my cousins who live on the marsh, they have a lot of... Mildew and mold in their garage now because of the water coming into there and They're at home. And so they're luckily able to get the cars out of the driveway Onto the higher street level so the cars wouldn't get flooded because had they left the cars there the water would have gone into the vehicles too. Um, my house down the street we had some water in our garage, but Nothing too, too terrible, but our whole yard was, like, covered. And I was actually shocked to see that. I was, like, eating lunch in a food court at a outlet mall, and my neighbor actually Facebook messaged me and said, yo, you might want to look at these photos. I had been tracking the weather for the whole entire weekend, but I didn't expect the water to go up so high. And my parents had evacuated to Augusta, which is about two hours north of Savannah. So they weren't at home to deal with the, the storm and all the flooding. But I was getting information from my neighbors, my cousins who lived there. And it was pretty crazy to see that quintessential photo of like a canoe or a kayak going through a neighborhood with people rowing the boat. You see that all the time on like the Weather Channel and videos or, Mm -hmm. you know, videos you have to see. And then to see that photo coming from my neighborhood, I was like, wow, that's insane. I haven't been back since June. But. To think that the whole entire neighborhood was covered in water. And most of us, we have our houses built a little bit higher because we know flooding is always a issue because we live on the marsh. But that was pretty crazy to see that. So I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, put into, I don't know, a position where they understand that maybe next time they really should leave. With Hurricane Matthew, more people left. With Irma, because it shifted so westward, the track. Mm-hmm. People thought they'd be safe. But meteorologists locally and I think on TV nationally were saying the whole time that Savannah's going to be on the eastern and north northern quadrant of the storm, which then you get the uh, onshore wind, you get the heavier rain, you get tornadoes and stuff like that. And I don't think people really thought that too much. They were thinking more about the track of the storm. And so they thought they'd be safe. But this time it was crazy that it was so far away. And a Category 2, if people really care about the categories so much, a Category 2 storm, and it left so much impacts on the area and was so much further away than Hurricane Matthew. Both storms impacted the area in completely different ways. But um, I think it really, went. the alarm bells or alarm sirens really went off for people and made them think twice about staying
0: your perspective is very interesting. And I'm struck by one thing that you said that this was a water event for your area and for Savannah. And when I think about hurricane Irma and all like the press and headlines and the things that people are talking about after the fact is how much of a wind event it was. And so it's interesting to think about how we kind of dichotomize hurricane events into either like water focused or wind focused. So like take Harvey, that was like a water focused event. Sure. Hurricane storm, and but it's interesting to hear that there w- that this dichotomy can kind of be intermingled in some storms. So, for example, your area was more of a water event, but for my area, it was more of a wind event. And so, it's interesting to consider the perspectives as like dueling perspectives when you think about the entirety of the storm and how it was kind of considered an overall wind event, but the water hazards were still. Like impactful to the coast
1: yeah and different phases of the storm throughout its timeline of you know moving through the caribbean and whatever every storm you know will be um having different impacts at different points in its life and for hurricane irma you know the wind and how strong it was was a huge issue right. for south florida and there was some storm surge in miami there were plenty of videos in that area mm-hmm. um The northeastern side of the storm, Jacksonville Beach, Savannah, all on the Georgia coast up to Charleston, they had a lot of storm surge issues, but that wasn't as much of an issue in some other areas that maybe saw more of a wind stuff, which obviously for you guys, you weren't on the water, but you had a lot of wind events, wind effects. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about your experience with?
0: Sure. So it was, I guess, my first hurricane or like tropical experience. So that was kind of cool to um, go through an event like that. Um, I will say that I was really lucky and that I only lost power for five minutes and I felt really bad because other people lost it for like three or four days. Um yeah. so it was but it was a very interesting experience. I basically just sat in my living room and opened all the windows and like watched outside
1: most of the time. Um how just, fast were the winds gusting in your area? Do you
0: remember? Um so they were I think the max gust that we, we received in Athens was sixty four miles per hour. Okay. So still under like hurricane strength, but a lot higher than a lot of the surrounding areas. Um so it was kind of shocking to see that high of a gust and I think that's what brought down a lot of the trees but like Athens is kind of you know it's like super tree populated especially like along Millage and all that <laughs> and whenever we oh, yeah, have either sure. snow events or um like severe weather there's always a tree across Millage it's always like the front page of oh, yeah. the Athens Banner Herald so yeah. um but it was it was pretty cool I mean I feel bad saying it was cool but I enjoyed myself, and um, I felt like that <laughs> a lot of people through
1: I enjoyed myself I
0: know it's it's bad, so we were also out of school for two days, which didn't really impact me because I didn't really have class on those particular two days, but yeah, um, it was definitely an experience and but luckily, I feel like a lot of people were prepared for the event, and okay, they That's actually like went out for you. Yeah, they actually went out and got bread and milk and batteries and weather radios and candles and um, like non-perishable food and like things that they would need if the power was out for a number of days.
1: That's good, though. I'm glad they actually heeded the warnings, even though I, I, you know, I think part of the reason why and there is no I don't think documentation to really prove that right now, but um, with everything happening with Harvey, I don't think people were willing to take the risk of not preparing. Right. And even though Irma was completely a completely different storm with not the same kind of impact at all, I think people seeing those in Southeast Texas suffering really made them think about their own lives and say, well, I don't want to go through that, so I'm going to do whatever right. I can to help with that issue. Um, and so I think a lot of people were very, very concerned about Irma. Um, from the get-go, I mean, Irma was being tracked for a very long time after coming off the African coast as a tropical wave and people were already focused on it and, you know, after Irma there was Maria and so on and so forth, but um, I think this hurricane season has been maybe a little bit more active than people remember hurricane season being in the past few right. years definitely mm-hmm. not the most active by any means 20- 2004, 2005 were crazy, Um but I think people are really starting to kind of get waking up again about the fact that they need to prepare and and do things like um, get your food, get your batteries, get your essential supplies to make it through the storm.
0: My biggest worry is I also agree with what you said, that Hurricane Harvey was a huge impact on people's willingness to prepare and their willingness to evacuate and their willingness to, I guess, be more consumers of hurricane information prior to irma arriving but it, it worries me like in the long term like the stability of those attitudes and the stability of those like behaviors if they're going to be willing to continue to do those things in the future or if they need a little push every time you know it's not going to be really helpful if we have a huge storm that comes and hits florida and goes right into georgia and we didn't have a harvey or an irma or a maria or somewhat something to trigger beforehand yeah, yeah. people's uh ideas and attitudes and intentions and so it's just worrisome from that perspective i think
1: yeah and you have some kind of uh information also about guilt messaging during hurricane irma and that's something that i was kind of reading into and we talked about a little bit but can you describe to people listening what you mean by guilt messaging um with regard to preparing for irma is it when people are preparing and then other people are kind of making fun of them for doing so
0: right so i saw a lot of this on facebook when i think about guilt messaging it really boils down to this idea that someone is witnessing someone prepare or a given group or population prepare for a hurricane event and they're making fun of that preparation or pointing out that they're incorrect or wrong in doing so and so that guilt messaging in a sense can really be like uh, a trigger for someone either to perform some behavior down the road or to prepare in the future. So they may be like, well, last time I kind of got scolded or I got made fun of for preparing. So it's probably not a good idea for me to do it this time.
1: So backing up a little bit. So just Mm -hmm. to give people an example of this. So let's say I posted something on Facebook and said, oh, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm picking up some bottled water, some milk, some bread, some eggs. I'm going to be ready for hashtag Hurricane Irma. Right. And then you come along and say, why are you preparing? It's not going to be that bad. Or, wow, you're really going overboard. Or maybe passive aggressively posting your own stats and saying, wow, people are really going crazy buying all this stuff, but it's not going to be that bad. Is that kind of the direction that you're, you're kind of uh, going with with, the, um, with these examples?
0: Yes. And I would even go a step further and say, like, why did you buy milk and eggs when it's like a hurricane event? Or why did you get bottled water? We, we're going to be able to access water. So why did you do that? That seems silly. Or mm. we're focusing so much on purchasing bottled water when we really should be thinking about batteries and candles and like, you know, like things that will impact electricity. So just those ways of kind of targeting someone's purchasing behaviors or their preparation behaviors in kind of a negative light, I think is kind of the best way to portray it.
1: So in those examples that you were observing um, Mm -hmm. with this like guilt messaging, perhaps a better way would be, oh, you should definitely remember to get batteries instead of saying, wow, why are you buying water? You should be getting batteries instead. Like there's a certain way that you can say it to help bolster what they're doing and bolster their actions as opposed to bringing them down and making them feel, you know, stupid or feel, um, you know, inadequate because of the fact that they are doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is preparing for a pretty bad weather event. Exactly.
0: And I think it in itself can be a way for us to kind of see where our hurricane messaging, like preparation messaging is going and what we're kind of shooting out there to people and seeing if they're kind of reading it and interpreting it and acting upon it. So maybe if we see that everyone's getting bottled water and milk, perhaps in the future, we need to consider emphasizing more of like batteries or things that people can use in the event of electricity going out. Or perhaps that's some, that's a type of message that more offices that are further inland want to kind of portray or convey to their audience. So I think think, that... No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say... So I just think that we can think about where we're going with the type of preparation behaviors that we want to convey and kind of tailor that messaging to our audience.
1: You know, and I think that people who call people out for preparing, these are the same people I feel like who have this weird complex where they feel as if they are superior or somehow better than everybody else. So it's like... Oh, like they're getting water, they're getting food. Like they're so scared. Look at me. I'm not scared. I'm ready for this. Like whatever comes my way, I don't need to prepare. And you know, I don't. I just don't understand that attitude. I I get why people could feel that way, because maybe they prepared in the past and it didn't turn out the way they thought it would. And they, you know, maybe over prepared. They bought a lot of food or supplies in the storm, whatever it is—a winter storm or a hurricane veered in a different direction they didn't get what they as what they thought it would be you know as bad as they thought it would be mm-hmm. so then they make fun of other people for doing it but i think the general rule is if you over prepare so what you're going to have extra exactly. supplies you're not gonna you're not going to throw them away canned food and water last a very long time and so if you over prepare sure you can blame the meteorologist the messenger of the information if you want to um, it's don't do that by the way it's not a nice thing to do <laughs> but yeah it's just it's crazy to me like so what if you prepare a little bit you know like i think we'll all be okay yes if you go to the store and you buy like all of the water and you don't share with other people who might need that water that might be taking preparation to an extreme level that you shouldn't be but you know other than that if you're buying enough stuff for your family and you know you're taking care of them i don't think you should be guilted at all or made fun of and it's it's
0: it's troubling because guilt is such a powerful emotion especially when it comes to messaging um so i mean there's plenty of literature and evidence that shows that guilt is not the best way to persuade someone to do something So now that we've talked about Hurricane Irma, I think we should kind of shift gears and devote some time to Hurricane Maria because we've seen lots of headlines, lots of uh, I guess press on the storm, um, a lot of political tie-ins. So, oh lord, what do you got for
1: us? What 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 are your thoughts on this? I mean, you know, it's it's been a very again a very busy hurricane season and with Harvey I had family in Houston so I was forecasting for them with Irma I had family in Georgia and Florida forecasting for them let's not forget about Jose because Jose also happened beforehand and Jose was impacting me in on on Fire Island and so we actually had to evacuate um, from Fire Island they had to evacuate me off of there because of the threat of storm surge from Jose Um, and so that was getting things pretty busy but I guess the point going back to Maria is that By the time Maria hit, I personally had, like, some huge hurricane weather fatigue. It was, like, just so much in the past, like, month to talk about and to forecast and to put different updates on Facebook and social media for people. um, That because Maria wasn't threatening directly the United States, continental United States or the eastern uh, seaboard, that I kind of took a break from it. But from... From what I had learned throughout the past few weeks and the impacts on Puerto Rico, which again is an American territory, by the way, if people didn't remember that, uh, that's something, yeah, that you can get me worked up on pretty easily. But (laughs) um, that the response to that has been really interesting and the political... Um, how things have become politicized and helping disaster victims, how that has become politicized is incredible to me. Cause I, it's, yeah, it's crazy. There's so many things that we just do not need to politicize. It's helping people, people who are in need, regardless of your, the debt that you guys have or uh. the color of your skin or your culture or whatever. It does not matter. It's people who need help. And right. You know, what's weird to me is I felt like I heard more about the recovery operations in the Virgin Islands than I did in Puerto Rico for a long time. And I was very confused about that. Like, okay, the Virgin Islands, and I'm not trying to discount the lives of people who live there, but Puerto Rico is an American territory, U.S. territory, in addition to the Virgin Islands. Those are also U.S. territories. Um, But I felt like I kept on hearing more about those other islands, and I'm like, Puerto Rico, these people are suffering. I think 100% power loss, communication loss. They had to restore everything. And, you know, there are people who are waiting for hours to get water from the grocery store. And there's so much that needs to be rebuilt. Their infrastructure was never um, adequate enough to be in that area that deals with storms. And, you know, is this a rare event that they got hit by a major hurricane? And I mean, I don't, I can't remember the numbers, or I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. But they get hurt by hurricanes pretty often. If I guess often def- depends on how you define often. Right. Um. But this one was catastrophic. It wiped out everything. And to see people, you know, say, well, they don't deserve our help. You know, they're in debt to us, and we don't need to help them. And they're just like a burden on our country. Just to hear that kind of rhetoric and that kind of opinion from people and that it's just so terrible i don't know why people are even suggesting or saying that kind of stuff um and you can talk a little bit more about this stuff too with um what president trump was saying it's just like just why (laughs) why would you do that i don't understand
0: i don't know either and it just infuriates me that he would like demean the level of like disaster and the just like the overall devastation that's over there and by comparing it to katrina and saying that this is no katrina so therefore we shouldn't help or be doing as much as we are and just to
1: you Wait, he actually comp- said that
0: what did he say yeah i don't know the exact quote but he was like this is no katrina while he was over there so he was like only like 40 50 people died so Uh, oh my god nevertheless like you should never compare disasters like a disaster is a disaster like humans are humans like we can't we can't sort them like apples and oranges we have to just do our best in order to kind of help them out and so it's just frustrating to see him day after day be more just disgusting and vile and it just makes my blood boil and i just don't know why this is our reality and why we are dealing with this and that's getting closer like we're getting highly political right now but that it's just it's just extremely frustrating that this is like the leader of our country and this is (laughs) and this is the this is like the message that we're conveying to the world and it's just it's
1: upsetting and it's sad and frustrating and uh, some points yeah i know some points to that um A tragedy or a catastrophic event should not be defined only by the death toll. Okay. I hate, I hate when people are like, oh, well, that many people died. So it's not as bad as this event where more people died. It could get there. There's still time for things to go wrong and the recovery not to go well and people to, you know, starve to death or, or, you know, have health issues and succumb to their injuries or whatever. So, regardless of that, you should never look at, an event and say, well, it wasn't that bad because the death toll wasn't that great. We've come a very long way in terms of forecasting the weather and preparing people. So looking at the numbers of people, you know, injuries or deaths, like that should be a good thing that the numbers are lower, but that doesn't always tell the whole story, right? right? So, you know, if you're along the, you know, eastern coasts, you evacuate from a storm if you know a really bad storm is coming your way and that obviously will reduce the death toll most of the time and you know in Puerto Rico you don't have a place to go and Barbuda and all the other countries Dominica that was affected as well um, they don't have places to go but just because their death toll is low doesn't mean that it's not that bad and I mean the whole entire Puerto Puerto Rican infrastructure was like wiped out right Mm -hmm. that's to me an in anyone's book should be a major disaster so yeah. oh yeah i don't know and here's a little bit of a curveball to throw at you there's you know the term natural disaster right Mm-hmm. correct yeah i saw recently and i've talked about it before with other people too but the term natural disaster people say we shouldn't be using the term natural disaster because these these natural events you know being tropical cyclones or whatever they always happen but a disaster people say is <laughs> you going based yeah right <laughs> a disaster is not because of the natural event itself but because of our the, you know willingness yes. to live in certain places that are prone to disasters or build right. up certain places or or have resources in certain places that would be tremendously affected if they were to be hit by a natural disaster whether that's a earthquake or a tropical cyclone whatever and so it's interesting, I, I get what they're trying to say, that yes, yeah, so if a hurricane hit in a non-populated area, like there was the hurricane that hit Mexico, like the super, super strong hurricane that hit or a typhoon that hit whatever last year and or the year before it was like a, one of the strongest in that area and nobody died because it hit like plantations in Mexico, right? So if a hurricane hits in a non-populated area and nobody dies, is it really that bad? Kind of the quintessential, like, the tree that falls in the (laughs) forest and no one's here. Kind of stuff like that, right? So with that being said, what Mm -hmm. defines a disaster? And and to me, it's not – people are like, well, if we didn't do what we did, then we wouldn't be affected by it. And I'm thinking, well, that's great if you are talking about building, like, billion-dollar resorts on the water. Yes, you can control where development might go but for an island nation where that's like your that's who yeah. you are that's where you've lived what do you expect them to do and people are like well y'all just need to move away from puerto rico i'm like okay thank you for that piece of crap um <laughs> how are you gonna get somebody to move away from puerto rico that's their life that's their home that's who they are that's that's everything to them it's like saying to you stop building your beach house on the ocean but i like the ocean okay well you have a choice yeah these people don't really have a choice and they're like well they chose to live on an island I was like um not really not I don't know if people necessarily choose to live on the I'm sure some people chose to live in Puerto Rico but I feel like a lot of people also were born into that life and so that's that's just what they have to deal with and that's what they have to live with but um when I hear people say we don't we don't need to give them any money we don't need to help them because they just shouldn't be living there in the first place I'm thinking to myself wow like you 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 lack the perspective that a kind, <laughs> decent human being should have. Man, we are getting political. Wow.
0: I know. But to to answer your question, I've heard that same kind of perspective on thinking about disasters. But the way that it was framed to me was um, there would not be a disaster without humans. So if humans didn't exist, then there would not be disaster. So I think when it comes down to defining a disaster, our world is populated by humans, so it's kind of redundant to think otherwise. What do you mean? What do I... I just mean... I I just think it's silly for us to consider the definition of disaster without including humans. Mmm. Gotcha. So if we... And... I would have to look this up, but I'm pretty sure that the definition, like the literature or a book, like an emergency management book would define disaster using the word human. So I don't know about the, I don't know about the places that get hit and there's no one around. I'm guessing that wouldn't be defined as a disaster unless it were to impact some form of human structure or human infrastructure, then it would be considered a disaster.
1: Yeah, um, then if if we're to hit, like, you know, a nuclear power plant right. or, you know, an oil rig, maybe it could be a disaster. A station, but if it hit, like, yeah, if it hit, like, a wildlife a reserve island. or something yeah. or a deserted island where plenty of animals and creatures live, mm-hmm. I highly doubt people would probably talk about that that much. Okay, so obviously all of our political, you know, banting and ranting – bantering and ranting? mumbo jumbo <laughs> yeah. mumbo jumbo um <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about donations and the donations you can make and also the donations that maybe aren't as effective castle take it away yes so i
0: have been uh following one of my kind of mentor professors um, on Facebook, and she's extremely kind of embedded in the emergency management culture. And she has been trying to convey this message. And I thought it would be a great platform to kind of continue to spread the message and help us kind of think through this idea of physical donations versus monetary donations and when and when it is not appropriate to do or send them. Um, because I, for one, did not really understand this or know this, um, but it's strongly encouraged not to collect or send over physical donations. Um, So that's like water or food or like baby formula or clothing or all these kind of physical things that you would collect like in your community and then send over. And so I was kind of interested to kind of think through this idea because You know, when you think about it, we always want to help after a disaster. We want to send them whatever they can, whatever they need—bottled water, clothing, etc. But she was explaining to me that it can actually put the community that just had the disaster more at risk and more in danger. The concept behind it is, for example, if you were going to send bottled water and you were going to collect it. Say at your university or your job, it would be astronomical in order to s- be able to like physically send all that bottled water to say, for example, Puerto Rico. So if you had gathered up a thousand liters of bottled water, which is enough to for someone for forty thousand people to drink in one day, it would cost you three hundred thousand dollars to ship it to Puerto Rico. Oh my gosh! Which wow. is a like crazy amount of money to even think about. So on the other hand. Uh, when you think about the opportunity to donate monetary donations, you can get the same amount of water that 100,000 liters of water can be distributed through like nonprofit and aid organizations using potable water systems for only $300. So that's $300 compared to the $300,000 that it would take to send over all that bottled water. So you get more bang for your buck when you kind of Send money and or cash to these safe and secure non-profit organizations
1: yeah and the same thing goes with like food and canned food donations if you donate a dollar you can buy the the organization can buy probably five cans of food for a dollar or you can buy a can of food for a dollar yourself and you get one can so same idea right like if you trust a charity and definitely do your digging too. not all not all charities are as cracked up as they should be or cracked up as all I don't know. Whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um not all charities are as great as they seem, so do your digging and make sure you understand what you're donating to and how your money can go a little further than actually purchasing items.
0: Yeah, and there's a there's a whole video that we that I'll post on the website that explains like all the risks. Like it goes into extreme detail, like People send clothing, so much clothing that they had to burn it at one disaster. And so that put people at risk. Some people sent like prom dresses and like high-heeled shoes and things like that. And so make sure that you want to focus more on the monetary donations.
1: Speaking of which, before we forget, because we always seem to do our Share the Love campaign, where we want to give back to different organizations who are doing their part to help the world. I focus a lot of my attention on an organization called United for Puerto Rico. I think it's Unidos por Puerto Rico. And Mm. this initiative started by the first lady of Puerto Rico, Beatriz Rossello. And she's working with a bunch of private corporations and the private sector to um, help Puerto Rico in times of disaster like the one like they're dealing right now with Irma and with other storms and Maria as well. So gave giving them money and i know that it's more of a local charity so i know the money is hopefully going to go directly to the people um so there's some articles out there new york times i think published one the best charities you can give to for maria and irma relief so i think uh we'll post that on our website and then you guys can check that out
0: What's up, man? It's been like three it's days been since we talked on it five the weeks
1: since you looked at me. One week since I looked at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, um, as of right now, you and I are both <laughs> chatting in the group chat for our, our Mammata's Love Weather uh, UGA Meteorologist group chat that we have. Um, and we're laughing about this place that we all went to. Off the chain. We went hiking at a waterfall, and that was in uh, the Amaclola, uh, waterfall. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amaclola state park, I think. And then we went to a place afterwards yeah. called goats on the roof where it's like a, a random roadside attraction where they have like, <laughs> like a cracker barrel kind of with a bunch of cool stuff you can buy, but then like little bridges and like an upstairs, like that's made out of grass and goats are just walking around. You can feed them. It's like the weirdest <laughs> thing. Google goats on the roof it's somewhere in Georgia, I think it's in tiger Georgia or something. Um, Super bizarre, but we're just all reflecting back on going there, and it was kind of funny. Um, And there
0: were literal goats on the roof.
1: Yeah, these aren't, like, fake goats. These are, like, legit, like, live (laughs) animal goats that are walking around. Um, But uh, speaking of traveling, I am currently in an Airbnb right now in Belfast, Maine. Um, You know I'm dedicated to this podcast, but I'm taking time out of my freaking vacation to (laughs) to record this. So I love you all. Have, I, I feel like you we've been neglecting you all, but you know, we do appreciate your love yeah. and hopefully you love us back and appreciate me for freaking going and doing this after a, a long ass hike today. Um so I this finished is up- like a vacation though. What? Doing the podcast. <laughs> Good one. It's like being on
0: vacation.
1: (laughs) That's a great joke.
0: Okay, I don't want to hear it. I've been doing work all day and now I'm sitting here doing this. Well, I I took this really
1: hard hike. You've been out frolicking. Well, you know, I think I deserve (laughs) it. I think I've been working pretty hard this summer. So um, I finished up at Fire Island National Seashore doing the climate change communication and building a network across the Northeast region. I'll be presenting the information at AMS. My abstract got accepted. Um I requested for a Woo. poster presentation, but they gave me an oral presentation anyway um oh, they did, yeah,, nice. which is except which is fine because I didn't want to print out a poster and carry it with me anyway, so it'll be more cost effective and um I like oral presentations a lot better anyway, um, so I'll be doing that, so look for me at ams in January in austin um but uh <laughs> <laughs> plug listen Look to my talk i need a good crowd i can't i can't work off in an empty room okay it just doesn't work um but uh yeah so after the internship i decided yeah sorry weird uh, but anyway you sound I, like a stripper or something <laughs> <laughs> no i have I'm to not. have a nice crowd to no, do my no. thing <laughs> i'm not a stripper <laughs> no like i've been in a room where, okay so i always try to build in a, a funny little, like, ha-ha moment at the beginning of a presentation to kind of gauge how the audience is going to be. <laughs> and last so a couple of times when people time. haven't... Well... <laughs> that was... My last AMS presentation was not the best. I still, like, got an award for it. I don't know how. I honestly don't know how. So bad. It was so boring. Maybe it
0: was your competition. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Anyway. Um, but... I, I think people liked my clear and readable slides because everything was really, like, easy to mm-hmm. read. And it was yeah. all the cool transitions. So, I guess that was – I don't know. Anyway. um, But, yeah. So, no, I'm not a stripper. And, yes, I do, like, <laughs> a big crowd because I like to interact with people. And when I hear them laughing or, or they're, like, nodding their heads, it gives me affirmation that I'm doing a decent job presenting the information and that I'm actually engaging them. Um Anyway, after finishing the Park Service internship and that last week I actually got evacuated from the hurricane and stayed away from the island for a while. Um, So everything was like all over the place. Um, And so I decided to plan a road trip where I would see some fall foliage. And so the road trip took me through the Adirondacks, through Vermont, Montpelier, took me to the White Mountains in New Hampshire. Uh, Eastern Maine and then now I'm near Acadia National Park which I've been to for the past two days um doing some leaf peeping and doing some great hikes and stuff like that um, there was a warm weather spell that happened last week that temperatures were up in near 90 and so that actually slowed down a lot of the leaf changing over to the orange and yellow and red and so honestly about a week from now will be really good peak fall foliage up here and so I'm missing it but I'm still seeing some color but I'm kind of bummed because they're they are not, uh, the hills and the mountains aren't completely like yellow, red, and orange like I was expecting it to be. But that's okay. Um, that is totally fine. I'll meander down south towards like Virginia and North Carolina and Georgia and hopefully see some fall foliage there too. Um, but yeah, so like along my way, I've been staying in different Airbnbs. I don't have any camping gear and plus my car is packed with stuff just moving out of Fire Island. And... There's some really crazy... Have I told you any of the stories from the Airbnbs I've stayed at? Um, No, Just I've just seen your snaps, so... Okay. Other than that. So, I stayed at one in Montpelier, Vermont. That's the state capital. And it was really cool. Their house was, like, beautiful, nice historic home next to downtown Montpelier. Um, and the couple that I stayed with, they were super cool, super nice. We had a lot of, like, really thoughtful, engaging conversations. And one at one point, they were, like... We're talking about people we know who are famous, and I had told them my story about Aaron Paul, blah, 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 and then they told me, so the husband, he does a lot of different things. He coaches soccer. He also teaches Spanish to people in the area, and he's like, yeah, I know Bernie Sanders' ex-wife, and I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I actually, like, tutor her. I, like, teach her Spanish. I was like, so he had an ex-wife? And she's like, yeah, you know, he was married before, divorced, and then he has his current wife now. And then I was like, that's really interesting. And so yeah, they teach her uh teach her Spanish and then she talks about him sometimes with them. So that's really interesting. Um and I was like, damn, I really want to meet Bernie Sanders. He seems like such a cool guy. But then I think the weirdest Airbnb story comes from so far anyway it comes from dixfield maine i stayed there two days ago um it's like an old historic building home that was built in the 1880s and so i walk up to the airbnb i'm I'm greeted by the host and we talk a little bit and she's like oh so by the way i don't really tell people this normally but i just want to let you know it's kind of haunted i'm just like wait are you serious right now
0: i felt like she was just pulling your leg i don't think it was really haunted
1: Oh, but, I mean, do you see my creepy snaps of the house, though? Yeah. They're, like, creepy dolls. But that's just a creepy house. Well, she collects dolls and stuff and puts them everywhere. Like, life-size human, like, baby dolls, and it's creepy. <laughs>
0: life-size humans.
1: <laughs> that, whatever. And also the room that she put me in. It was, like, the Marjorie Williams room. Who
0: is Marjorie
1: Williams? I don't know. I didn't Google it. I didn't look at the oh my Ancestry.com of the home. But um, oh my Lord. there was uh, a guest that she had said walked into that room she never even mentioned there was a ghost and the guest was like i'm not staying here i can feel something's not right and like meanwhile i'm in that room and i'm like oh this is like lovely (laughs) and she's like well hopefully that won't bother you I'm like i mean it really didn't i would have liked to have known beforehand but it didn't really bother me um i sent a bunch of snaps to people like telling them about it and they're all Mm -hmm. like you need to get the heck out of there and I was like, I mean, where else am I going to go? I'm in rural Maine. There's literally no hotel for like 50 miles around. So that wasn't really an option. Um, but I mean, it was fun. I did hear some noises that night, but I don't know what that was from. It's an old house. So, I, you know, old houses make noises. Right. Um, but there's one thing I noticed. So when I woke up, my bed was like slanted and tilted a little bit away from the wall. And I don't know if it was like that before I slept. I feel like it wasn't because it was like noticeably tilted it well it prob- it might have been but it was noticeably slanted <laughs> I was like you know just for the sake of like being a fun storyteller and you know I think it'd be fun mm. to say that my bed had moved overnight because um, guests have reported hearing tapping noises and feeling that like little brushes I think against her feet or something I didn't feel any of that but there'd be at some points where I felt like a chill in the air and I was like well I mean it is cold outside and there might be a draft coming in from the window or something <laughs> Um, But you know how ghosts are synonymous for, like, cooling the the room down because they take the energy out of the room. But I think this is the part that really sells that it's haunted, okay? So she told me she uses Mm -hmm. this thing called a spirit box, and that's, like, an actual electronic device that you can, like, record different, like, spirits using radio frequencies to communicate with you. You can set it on, like, AM or FM or something like that. So she was telling me how she uses a spirit box, and she's had paranormal investigators come to the home to do what they do and at one point um she sat down with the spirit box and like with her daughter and sat at the table and um talked about or talked with the ghosts and communicate with them and so she held up a sign and said you're really boring you're not doing anything and then she could have sworn she heard somebody say back having fun like are you having fun yet And She played the audio clip for me And it's like one of those things where if you watch ghost hunters and they had like the subtitles underneath the audio And you're like oh shit now I know what they're (laughs) saying because you put the subtitles on (laughs) so I definitely could felt like I heard that and then she had different Audio tapings told you yeah, because she told me what um, they had said there are other audio recordings too though of um, Different things like she was like where do we where are we now like where are we living? And they're like Dixfield and you can kind of hear it on the thing and then she'll it'll be stuff like what color shirt am I wearing? What color is the chair? And they say black or blue or whatever. I was like, that's kind of kind of creepy. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I, luckily, I heard all those stories in the morning when I woke up, so I didn't have to sleep thinking about all that crazy stuff. But yeah, it was pretty crazy. I'm staying in a cool place now with my Airbnb person Beth. She actually I told her about the podcast yesterday and told her I'm gonna have to have to record in her. Uh, bedroom today or well, not her bedroom but my bedroom today and um <laughs> <laughs> not in her bedroom um but we we were just in talking about bedroom. that so um it's been kind of kind of fun just uh sharing uh different stories with people and whatnot but yeah so the travels have been good been doing a bunch of different hikes um I did a cool hike today in Acadia it's called the precipice trail and you have to climb up a ton of uh, iron ladders and metal rungs, and if you fall, like you will literally I saw die. saw that. It looked cool. It's crazy. It's like literally vertically up and most of it. And they're like, if you're if you have acrophobia, you're afraid of heights, you should definitely not hike that. Um, I have fear heights, but I don't. I guess it's not that bad because I wasn't scared at all. I thought it was like really fun. It wasn't even like super exhilarating in any way. Like I didn't think I was gonna actually fall and die, but if I did fall, I would have died. <laughs> But I didn't really think about it. It was just kind of like, up, oh, keep going and looking down. Like, oh, look, pretty foliage in the pretty water. But yeah, eventually I'm going to head back down south to Georgia and then I'll see you for a little bit um, and then kind of uh, chill out for a minute before skedaddling on and trying to find a real job. <laughs> so that's me telling about your life.
0: First, I would like to address the ghost hunting
1: okay. story. With your own ghost story?
0: I would just like to let everyone know that I do believe in ghosts. However... Oh. I feel like with your story, you were, like, cued in and, like, alert and kind of more salient to all these things. You use the word salient way you. too much. Nobody knows what that means. Okay. They, they popped out more. Like, they jumped out at you because you were told about it being a ghost like haunted and also if she doesn't tell people that often why are there so many reports of I don't think there's so many haunted. of them I think
1: she's a two guests out of a hundred have, have said something
0: oh yeah well the way you conveyed it it was
1: like people have said I was trying to be more dramatic for storytelling purposes can you calm down
0: okay okay okay
1: well, actually, um, think she- other people who have owned the home... She's only been there for six months. Other people who have owned the home have tried to get rid of oh. the ghosts and the spirits. And I think she said in the past six years there have been, like, five or six owners because people can't keep the spirits tamed, I guess, if you want to at say. Bay. Like at bay, yeah. And so when she moved in the house, she said she found a bunch of religious relics, like crosses and, like, a Mary statue. And, you know, like, you try to combat spirits with religion and religious artifacts. So... Clearly, people have tried, and I guess they failed because they've moved out because they've been too scared.
0: So yes. Well, they obviously have unfinished business, so she needs to figure out what that
1: is. I know it's like one of those on. TV shows. What's that one called where they like had to finish, uh, figure out their unfinished business, and then they let the spirit move on to the afterlife? That's not supernatural. Uh, yeah, see? it's called.
0: <laughs> no, it's the one with uh, what's her face? Oh, ghost medium. Oh, the go- yeah, medium, medium and ghost Whisperer.
1: Oh, that's right. The ghost whisperer. What's her name again? Dang it! Yeah, Jessica Michelle Geller or something like that. <laughs> Sarah <laughs> I Michelle Geller like is not the Ghost Whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> you just, I just, you combine just combine like, three like five names. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god!
0: Um, she's really popular though, or she used to be.
1: Jennifer Love Hewitt. She had a triple name. Jennifer. see I had Sarah a Michelle Geller close. <laughs> Monica and Chandler Bing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh-huh okay Uh, that was great
1: Classic. for me
0: i just got back from california uh, los angeles california. more specifically well kind of anaheim south it was called yeah garden grove is the oh, okay. actual town Is what it was called gg um but it was basically in anaheim but it was more of like a suburb um, it was fine. I didn't leave, like, the square block that I was in because I was in the middle of nowhere.
1: What do you mean you were in the middle of nowhere? You are in the middle of, like, Southern California.
0: I know, but, like, I couldn't go anywhere.
1: Aren't you, weren't you close to Disneyland?
0: Yeah, I was. I considered going, but then I was like, I'm all alone, and everyone will be... It's the happiest place on Earth, and it,
1: I would be the saddest <laughs> ever because I was alone. <laughs> you're, like, wandering around with, like, a red balloon, like, with a sad face on and, like, a Mickey I know. Mouse hat. Aww. That's and okay. Like, and like
0: everyone will be with their family, and I just thought it was maybe a traveling would be alone, a bad idea. Traveling
1: like, alone can be okay. i been traveling alone now. I see all these I've, couples hiking together, all in love. And I'm just like, oh, wow, forever alone, hiking by myself, gonna fall and die, and no one would care. Anyway, move on. <laughs> Go ahead. The thing, the
0: thing that I don't like is eating alone. That's like my one thing that I don't like.
1: Oh, I love eating
0: alone. It's just awkward.
1: It's only. I mean, I
0: like eating alone at home, but not like in a restaurant.
1: Oh, I mean, it's not awkward because you're normally just on your phone or you can sit next to people at the bar and talk to them. I know, but like being on your phone is just weird. I mean, it's like what did people do 30 years ago? They talk to the waiter or waitress or they read the menu a bunch and keep the menu after they order their food to continue perusing it. Or they make mm. small talk with other people or they bring a book. People bring books to read when they eat alone.
0: Oh yeah, that would be that would have been a good idea.
1: Yeah, that could happen. See,
0: um, okay. From now on, I'll pack a book. Oh, speaking of book, I just joined a book club. You just joined a book club. So that's something, huh?
1: Yeah, like a once a month book that you have to read book club. Yeah. What is yeah. your book? Your first book you have to read. It's called Commonwealth.
0: Hmm. It's, like, about a family and, like, their secrets and, like, their relationships with each other and how it gets, like, complicated and... So it's not about,
1: like, about a commonwealth, like, nation. It's about, like, a family and their wealth that they have in common.
0: (laughs) I believe so, yeah. I haven't gotten the book yet, Oh,
1: interesting. Is it, like, a bunch of old ladies or, like, college students?
0: No, it's, like, a lot of the geography wives... And me,
1: oh, okay.
0: <laughs> like a lot of the geography, like PhD students, like the guys, their wives.
1: Oh, nice. Well, that sounds like fun. You have to yeah. keep us posted on have the uh, progression yeah, of the book club. Oh, um, I forgot to tell you that I I went to the Daily Show. Do you watch the Daily Show? Oh yeah, I watch like
0: random clips online.
1: Okay, but so I went. Um, not this past Monday. The Monday before that, I lined up with my uh. Friends and we had VIP tickets because when I tried to go two weeks ago with my other friend, Gabby from Georgia, we didn't quite get past line or whatever. They ran out of room and were the last two people that weren't admitted. And so that was kind of mm. crappy. And We waited forever. So that they felt suck. bad and gave us VIP tickets. So we got VIP tickets, got to watch Trevor Noah and super cool, super fun. He interviewed a uh, journalist named Katie Turr from NBC, I believe. And then he also that was when he talked about protesting and and when is the right time for black people to protest because clearly in our country it seems to be never and that video has like blown up Um, so it was actually really cool to see him doing it live at that time or and then they recorded it and then posted it and played it on uh, Comedy Central but um, there's some really good points he's a really charismatic guy um, they were joking they're like you know sorry but we can't let you take pictures with him or touch him touch his dimples or whatever because um, it, it would be too much for him to try to see every single person in the studio which is like a hundred people total not that many but yeah it was, it was but like you
0: got to see him right
1: yeah I got to see him he came up to our audience and then like walked okay, up to cool. us asked us a few questions and like you know talked with us and stuff so yeah it was a lot of fun We've talked enough, I suppose. I guess we should round out with Song of the Week. Yes. Yes? Years. Okay. Can I ask you yes. what's your Song of the Week for this week? Slash, I don't know why we call it a Song of the Week, because it should be Songs of the Episode. And why I'm talking like an songs. old man, I don't really know. <laughs> then I turned to a southern woman just now.
0: I thought, you were talking about a, I thought you were talking like a country person. I
1: don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I've never been um, known for I my I think accents. Songs of the Week is...
0: No, you definitely have not. I think that's Songs rude. of the Week was originated because we have songs that we enjoy each week versus them being for the episode. Oh, uh, okay. If that makes sense. yeah. I guess you know that's what I mean? true. Nah, I mean... Because the podcast does not rule our life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, so it does? Um, So it does. Yeah, basically. Um, So my songs this week songs, plural. We haven't, so I don't know, should we tell people we're just doing it monthly now?
1: Oh yeah, surprise in case you haven't noticed it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just do it right now, that's fine. Um, In case you haven't noticed, uh, we're really busy people, (laughs) and so we're only able to come (laughs) out with podcast episodes about once a month, and so um, that's going to be our schedule from now on, and if there's something really compelling, we're able to, we'll do it more frequently, but we're still going to try to uh, upload these episodes on Tuesdays. So, roughly a month. I know last time we did a podcast and it was released was like late September. So, we're a little bit overdue or late August. I'm sorry. And we're a little bit overdue um, for the month. But um, just bear with us. We're still alive. We're still kicking. We're still doing our thing. But just a little bit less frequently. <laughs> Boom. Yes. I agree. Yes, <laughs> so, I mean, speaking it's not of something that. you agree with. That's like the reality of it. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay, that's the reality. <laughs> That's the reality.
0: Please keep all it's, of us in there. <laughs> this is fun. It's, it's been a month. We apologize. It will be another month before you get another one. <laughs> um. <laughs> Probably. So, my songs of the week. Songs of the week. So, this plural because it's been a while. First of all, it is called Questions by Chris Brown. Have you heard the song Questions? I don't like Chris, Brown, Chris Brown, man.
1: Boo. I don't like Chris Brown either, but
0: I do like this song. Have you heard this song?
1: Questions. I got some questions. Oops. Ah, Chris Brown.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's how it goes. Anyway, I think it's a really short song, so it's only like two minutes and 30 seconds, mm. um, which is interesting in itself. But it's basically only chorus, which is interesting also. Mm. I've said interesting like three times. So it's it's interesting. No. <laughs>
1: Okay, we really want to hear it now.
0: So I'm pretty sure that he what I can't. I'm blanking on the term, but it's like uh, where he uses another song within a song. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like referencing a different song and using their tunes, appropriating it. But I'm
0: pretty sure it's yeah. That's not the right word, but it's close. Uh, Sampling. Is that the right word? Sampling sampling a different song. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm pretty sure he's sampling another one of his songs, so like an older song of his, and he's just adding like him saying, Qu- Girl, I got a question for you, like a million times. Oh,
1: I have heard the song already. Um, Never mind. Yeah. JK, <laughs> okay, I heard it. It's good.
0: But like the harmonies are like on point, and that's if anything is a harmony, like I'm all about it. Fifth Harmony. So that's my first song. Hmm. Um, second song is Meant to Be by baby is that right no it's baby rexa bb 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 rexa, Bebe Bebe? rexa. Yeah. okay bb not baby bb rexa and florida georgia line we already had an intimate discussion about this before the podcast an intimate how discussion. disgusted you were your word choices are weird how disgusted we did not have an
1: intimate discussion about anything <laughs> it was not intimate
0: um okay well it was explicit it was an explicit okay. discussion no
1: we just had a, a detailed <laughs> discussion about it Explicit and... What are you talking You make it sound so dirty. <laughs> Lord, boy.
0: Okay, we had a detailed... Now that I'm being scripted by men, we had a detailed discussion <laughs> about um, the song Meant to Be. Um, it's basically a pop song and a country song put together, which is why it's amazing. It reminds me of my life as an interdisciplinary researcher. <laughs> and so I am... <laughs> so enthusiastic for BB and <laughs> the <Florida Georgia> line. <laughs> Just the way okay <laughs> I can't say BB because it reminds me of like like a pacifier.
1: What? Why does it remind you, you know? of a pacifier?
0: Because that's like a, a slang term for a pacifier, like a BB. I uh, did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, so it's really hard for me to keep a straight face and say that. But it's a very good song per usual. I don't really know what it's talking about. Um, I just like the way it sounds. All the peripheral cues. Okay, Ben, what are your songs of the week?
1: Um, So we briefly had mentioned uh, when we had Evan Curious on the episode, he liked the song You're Welcome from Moana, the movie, which you still have not seen. Um, nope. There's a acapella group called Voice Play, and they do different um, soundtracks and Ooh. stuff from different Disney movies and from other scores from other different movies, I guess, too. And so they did one for Moana, and then mash up a lot of songs from the movie, and it's incredible. I am so obsessed with it. I downloaded it. It's on my iPod and everything, and I play it all the time. This road trip, I played it like at least like five times a day. and sing along to it, and it's so... Good. It's incredible how they—they're oh, so talented. And it, they're like kind of like um, pentatonics, but a, they focus more on, right. the, um, I guess, like movies and stuff. Um, but yeah, so good. All the good songs from Moana are on there, and just how they transition between the songs and the different voices and everything—it's—it's it's magic. It truly is magic. Um, but if we weren't talking about Moana, the other song of the week for me is. Taylor Swift's dot 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 woo woo. ready for it. Um, a lot of my coworkers and I had talked about it and how we Love were like, Why is Taylor Swift rapping? It's so weird. I don't really know if it's, it's rapping, I don't think it's rapping per se. I think it's just her like talking because she think talks. So it's like spoken language or something. Yes, yeah, it's, it's some kind of spoken language,
0: spoken word, spoken word. <laughs> uh, no, I
1: don't know. She just does this thing where she like talks a lot and doesn't sing, and it's kind of annoying, but um. I don't really I like that it. part of the song as much. I just like the part where she jumps into the chorus. because I'm like, I can dig this. It's like, it sounds really good. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's like, oh, in the middle of the night, right? Like, So I don't really know. I, I flip flop back and forth between I don't like her. I like her. Her music sucks. Her music is good. Uh, right now, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I, I like it. Um, it's better than Katy Perry's songs. I know they're having their feud still continuing, but um, I think her Taylor Swift songs, the two songs that I know... Are better than, swish. Well, I like swish swish though. Um, bon Appetit. kind of yeah, weird. Swish swish is it? Um, and the other yeah, one. Bon is weird. Some chain to the rhythm, is interesting. I like the music video. Chain to, to the rhythm
0: is good. Chain to the rhythm.
1: rhythm.
0: Um, so you might be a good person to ask then, since you're kind of a flip flopper. Um, um, I don't. Swifty.
1: Okay, that's rude. You just said you were. I didn't say it was a flip flopper. That's like a negative connotation. You just said I, sometimes I like her, sometimes I don't. That's a flip flop. I have not a pair of sandals you wear to the beach. That is rude. Okay.
0: Anywho, some people have approached me and have told me like how bad these two songs are of Taylor Swift, and I have to say that I love them. So (laughs) just that you're answering some like
1: question for a pageant, and I have to say that America (laughs) does not have maps in the Iraq. anyway if you don't get what i'm saying don't talk to me <laughs> anyway
0: i do know what you're saying okay so what do you th- do you th- what do you think about the new songs I, some
1: people said that they well, so hate them and that the her old stuff again? is better what's the other one the first one called again um, oh look what, you made, look me what do. you made me do the music video is really cool yeah. for that one i will say um but it's really strange because yeah. i feel like when i first heard that song i was like this sounds like something f- like baby got back at one point and then it sounded like um well that's just because you saw other people were saying that no no i didn't see it no it's the i'm too
0: sexy for my shirt that's what oh it's, that one yes it, it's a replication of whatever yeah.
1: it was i hadn't even i didn't see anything i had just i was playing pool with my cousin and she played it for me and i just said that out loud it wasn't because i saw anybody say it that's my own opinion and thought yeah. But then another part of it was like, it sounds like Lord, And it just sounded like she was trying to be a mm-hmm. bunch of different people yeah. in that song. And it, it was like kind of bizarre. It was like, she's like, I'm going to do a lot of different things and see how that goes. Which I guess is what an artist does when they experiment. Um, but the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. But I definitely like Ready For It a lot more than Look What You Made Me Do. Because like, I don't know, mm-hmm. there's something okay. something about it. Um, but I, I play both of them. They're both on my iPod. So um, it's funny because the part where it's like, mm, look what you made me do. And then my cousin and I were trying. To, well, she was really good at it. But the part where she's like, look what you made me do. Look, you know, whatever. And it, what it, you just made me. Yeah, do. Yeah. yeah, And that yeah. part, I feel like trips people up a lot. And it took me like a long time. I love like, it. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you just made me do. Look what you just made me do. And I feel just like a lot of do. people probably yeah. couldn't do it. If you, I was telling my cousin, if you went on the street with a microphone and said, can you repeat or can you sing the uh, chorus part or whatever, I feel people would be like, look what you made me just do. Look, do what made me who what? I bet people would probably do that because they're just like, look what you made me I do. I love it, though. Look, d- d- it makes b- you feel what special. What do you who <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I approve. I don't
0: know. I I approve. Okay. I just feel like it's very powerful. It's just almost like, but her like standing up and being like, "I don't care," like everything you've done to me,
1: I'm now using against it, you. And but hasn't she brought that onto herself? It just felt I powerful. don't understand. Like, isn't it her fault that she lied about? So I think the background was Kanye West wanted to have like her or, or somebody representing her in a music right. video. she In said, his music video. She said yes. Yeah. And then Kim Kardashian, quote unquote, pulled out the receipts. That's where it came from <laughs> yeah. because she had a uh, proof that Taylor said, OK, I'm cool with that. And then she went back and said she was never cool with it. And then Kim Kardashian's like, no, I have the proof that you said it was cool. So then Taylor sort of looked like a big flyer. So she seems to be blaming all that on Kanye and Kim. I sound like I know so much about pop culture. I, I really don't. I just know this story. I don't know why I do. <laughs> um, but I mean, isn't it Taylor Swift's fault? Like, I don't understand. She's a liar. And it's like, look what you made me do. Like, it's not like you were a child. That's what, when I first heard it, I was like, well, are you blaming other people for your own actions? How about you take responsibility for what you did? Own up to it. So I, is there more to the story I'm missing?
0: I feel like that's what she's doing though. She's owning up to it by the song. Like, look what you made me do like this song is what you made me do like I'm having to sing about it and talk about it now
1: oh I took the song look what you made me do as in like look at like all this torment you brought upon me because I lied and you called me out on it and now people hate me and now I now I just have to rise above it and be like changing my like style and changing who I am and still rising above all that even though I'm wrong That's how I see it. But also, like, I don't think she's admitting to anything. I think she's blaming them for it, which I think is further making things worse. But, you know, whatever. But I think with the story, I'm not 100%
0: 100 sure of the details either. But I think it's more of a he asked her if she would be okay being in his music video or being portrayed in his music video. And she said, okay. But she didn't know that it was going to involve her being naked in a bed with him.
1: Oh, whatever. And
0: like twelve other celebrities.
1: And it was someone portraying her or was she actually naked in the music video? I don't know the music video, I don't watch no, it. No,
0: it was just like it was just uh um like like a green screen almost like someone was wearing like a green screen face mask and they
1: just put Taylor's face oh, on Oh gotcha, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Who knows man? I it's that's like the thing too. She's like to people and the public perception of her is like the public perception of Hillary Clinton, like you just can't trust her. <laughs> Which is terrible. What? Well, that's true. People that's don't... not true. I don't feel that way at all. About what? What I just said? I feel like
0: I can trust Taylor Swift.
1: Oh, see, I feel like a lot of people are like, we don't know who she is, like who she truly is. That's like what I've been hearing from a lot of people. And I kind of feel the same way. Like she plays a nice girl and she even, she said that in the video, like, oh, like, you know, I, you're like, you're just playing the nice card or the victim card all the time. And she even plays that up because she knows people are thinking That she seems to be playing the victim card all the time, and from a lot of people, those
0: were all quotes that people said about her in the video.
1: Okay, well, whatever. But still, like, I mean, she's acknowledging what she said. (laughs) She's acknowledging it, and so, and a lot of people feel that way about her. So, like, for me, I was like, I don't know. Like, I mean, the whole her and Calvin Harris stuff. Like, every time she has a breakup with somebody, like, there's always two sides of it, and you hear like this really terrible side from her, and you hear a really terrible side from him, which is normal, I guess, in a breakup, but. It just makes me, like, I don't know, she's so public about everything, too. And then, like, with her and Katy Perry, like, if Katy Perry was honestly trying to repair the relationship and she's not really trying, then, I mean, I just don't understand a person like that. Boom. Look what you made me say.
0: But, uh, well, we-, we could
1: go on and on we about could. this, so I'm just going to stop. Wow, this thing has dragged on. I feel like Love people it. do not care about this I right know. now.
0: <laughs> it's It's fine. If they don't care, they can stop it.
1: So. Yeah, sorry, guys. We're really catching <laughs> up on not recording for the past while. So, uh, All right, let's wrap it up because I'm tired. i got to wake up really early tomorrow. So um, <laughs> all the wonderful things we talked about, you can find that and a lot more on facebook.com slash weatherhype, or you can find us on weatherhypepodcast.com. You
0: can also find us on Twitter at weatherhype, both words, weather and hype, or you can send us an email at
1: weatherhype at gmail.com. And we love reviews. We haven't had one in a while, probably because we haven't really posted anything in a while. But if you <laughs> like what you hear, then feel free to leave a review on iTunes or your Android uh, app or wherever you listen to this podcast.
0: Yay. It's been fun. I kind of missed it a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
1: it's been a long time. I am cur- I've been standing up for like two hours and my microphone's up on this yeah, like you need to cabinet uh, thing. And chill. I should probably be pretty silent soon because I'm sure my Airbnb host... Probably sleeping soon but anyway um i guess until next until time until next
0: time stay, stay hyped. hyped i'm gonna go watch arrow now bye
1: love i'm gonna need you to say that again but say potable
0: <laughs> potable is that what it is it's not yeah. potable. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is it's potable, potable. Potable is like drinkable, like safe enough to drink.
0: Is that really? How, it's not potable? I, boy, how
1: did you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never used that word you before. you so hard right now. I've potable. never had to use that word. I just wrote it. Okay, potable? <laughs> some, some potable. <laughs> it sounds weird to say potable. Potable?
1: Yeah.
0: So it's not like made in a pot?
1: No, 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 no.
0: Potable. Okay. I had to Google it.